Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. I was thinking maybe we should just postpone this episode for a little while. I've got some emails I need to get done. I was thinking of an equally interesting way of stating that we're going to be talking about procrastination <laughs> today. Oh, my goodness. Oh, never do today what you could put off till tomorrow. That's the motto of all procrastinators. And I do believe that we did procrastinate the recording of this because otherwise I wouldn't have drug all my audio equipment to Casper, Wyoming, yeah. so I could record it. Yeah, we should have recorded this episode before you left, before Wyoming. So yes, we procrastinated getting this done, and here we are talking about procrastination, and I personally feel attacked today. But I do want to note that in the procrastination of putting off this episode for recording, we do have fantastic internet. I have fantastic internet at this motel, and Kara, is you're never leaving that motel for recording again. No, you're going to have to move to Casper, Wyoming, and record from the <laughs> La Quinta Inn. So plug for La Quinta. <laughs> Best internet for recording a podcast we've experienced personally. (laughs) So in that case, the point that I want to make is that procrastination paid off. Yeah, you just got lucky. Yeah, procrastination. (laughs) Yeah, procrastination paying off. I'll take them both. So procrastination is something I think we all feel victimized by the cultural perception of. I am not going to tell you procrastination is a bad thing. One thing that I have learned in my 56 years is that procrastination is something that our culture and that people like to use to judge you. And frankly, it has been one of the best things in my life. And I know I'm a weirdo for saying that. And I know Kara is looking at me like, Kim, you have lost your mind. She's giving me that Kara blink like, oh, God. I don't have a blink. That's no, weird. You have a blink that's, I can't believe you're saying oh, that. okay. <laughs> well, the truth is, is that, yes, sure, you can be like him and think procrastination is an art form and that there's some beauty to it. And I'm not going to say that it's 100% that you can't enjoy some procrastination every now and then. But the truth of the matter is, is when you find that this is something that is stifling your forward momentum on a project or in your life or on your job, that you really have to set some boundaries around your procrastination actions. So there are some signs that you might be procrastinating. Are you okay if I go down my list right now? Or I okay. am. Don't procrastinate yeah. it. Don't put it off another minute. Okay. So first of all, when I was going through this, I was feeling personally attacked. I am a bit of a procrastinator, apparently, according to my list that I have here. So if you tend to get bogged down every day with lower priority tasks, this is sitting down at the computer with your list of to-do items and then realizing you have like 500 other little things that you can just knock out real quick. I find myself doing that a lot. You find that you're waiting until the last minute to do something over and over and over again. And then you're stressing and you're rushing to get it done. And maybe that makes you late for the next thing that you need to be at. If you keep pushing items every day to the next day, so you've got your to-do list, you've got those big items that you need to get done, and then you just kind of bump them to the next day, and you're doing this over and over and over, 
and over again, thinking that there's going to be a better day to get it done. People do this even with important things. Maybe your workspace is really messy and unorganized. I'm going to be honest with you. This was on the list that I found and part of the list. I found several lists and I really kind of went through and cherry picked. And I found this to be a little bit of an attack. I don't know what this has to do with anything. Like what, Kim, why do you think having a messy desk is a sign that you might be a procrastinator? I think that some people might think that. I don't personally think it, but I think that it shows that particularly some people that you are not organized and people will dump organizational skills in the same line with procrastination. So I think this has to do with a cultural perception of what procrastination is. And honestly, like I said at the beginning, it kind of flies in the face of what I believe procrastination really is. So I don't know as though a messy or unorganized desk has anything to do with determining if you're a procrastinator or not. It just probably means that you have a different way of thinking than the people who make the rules. Okay, so we're going to take the positive spin on that one, and we're just going to throw that one completely out. So <laughs> to anyone out there that thinks that you're a procrastinator because you have a messy desk, like Screw you. We're not procrastinators because we have a messy desk. That's this right. This is our workspace. We like it this way. That's right. Another sign that you might be procrastinating, you find that you aren't finishing projects you start or you're not just not reaching your goals that you set for yourself. I mean, that's a big one. And it also takes a big hit sometimes emotionally when you're not finishing things and you're not reaching your goals. If you avoid making decisions about emails or text messages, direct messages that you really need to respond to. You just kind of keep putting those off, putting them off, putting them off. Another sign you might be procrastinating is if you let yourself get distracted easily by social media, snack breaks right in the middle of a big task. I can't tell you how many times I'm right in the middle of a big task and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go refill my drink or I just need to walk around, do a little in-place jogging. I need a snack. That happens all the time. You might be procrastinating if you find yourself waiting to complete tasks until you're in a better mood or in the right mood for the project. Yeah. So those are some of the things that when I was doing my research for this that popped up, they made me feel a little personally attacked. And I know you have some comments on them, Kim. So what do you think about this? So I'm going to get into most of my comments about this when we get into our big three. But I wanted to mention one other thing that is a big identifier for our expectation of what procrastination is. And that is something called structured procrastination. And there's a wonderful, very short book, so you don't have to put off reading it about this very topic. And the author's name is escaping me at the moment, but it is called structured procrastination. And this is another key that maybe you need to look at some of the things that are going on in your life. If you find yourself doing tasks that have nothing to do with what you really need to be doing. For example, if you're the type of person who says, I really need to build a website for my business, and then you spend the next six weeks learning how to use WordPress and researching all the various different hosting plans that are out there to build a website on, and then you find you want to do some better graphics. So now you have to go learn how to do Photoshop. And in the end, you never end up with a website, but you end up with a whole lot of education. And on this whole crazy journey, that is what structured procrastination is. And there are some interesting concepts around structured procrastination and how they work in our lives and in our minds. And I think this is a great time to bring into the play our big three for this episode. Do you want to run 
those sure. down? The first of the big three is get to the real reason you're putting off a task. Kim's going to talk a lot about this, I'm sure. The second is find a system that works for you. So thinking about how to deal with procrastination and get the stuff done that you need to get done. And then the third of our big three is embrace your procrastination as part of your creative process. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. I think Kim was kind of diving into it a little bit already. So let's get rolling. Yeah. Kim, I'm going to make you start by talking about number one. Yes. So this is to get to the real reason why you're putting off a task. Procrastination is not a disease. It's a symptom. And so much of our culture pinpoints it as that there's something wrong with you because you're procrastinating and that you're defective in some way, that there's something intrinsically not correct with you. And the first thing I think we've got to understand is that some of these things that are signs that you're a procrastinator, according to our our culture are things that have to do with your temperament or typology. So I've done a lot of education. I went through a certification program at Gestalt, as you guys know, through Touched by a Horse and through with mentor Melissa Pierce. And one of the things that Melissa was very good at teaching us about from day one through that certification program was to understand yourself and to understand those around you. Our culture is set up to be a very responsible, organized world. And if you are not meeting those checkpoints, chances are you're not that type of a person. So your temperament is different. It's the temperament that says, I enjoy the journey, not the destination. So our culture is set up to enjoy the destination. There are those of us out here, and we're designated as a type P in the Kiersey Bates or Myers-Briggs typology, where completing a project is not the best part of that project for us. And it's this thing that we have to fight against in our own temperament to meet those expectations of that completion. So I want you to understand that knowing yourself is the very first step to understanding why you procrastinate. And if you don't know your temperament or you don't know your type or you haven't taken some of these assessments like Kiersey Bates, Myers-Briggs, you haven't dove into the Enneagram or the DISC or the Strict Clifton Strengths Finders, you always feel like you're being judged poorly. And the truth of the matter is, is that you just need to set up a different work environment and you need to understand your own temperament and start flexing that part of your temperament that will make your business successful. At the end of the day, when we're on this particular podcast, we're talking about your business and how you show up for that. And procrastinating things in your business can be detrimental. I don't care what type you are. So I do agree with Kara on that. I just think procrastination always has a big reason behind it. And I think for a lot of us, understanding ourselves is the very first step into understanding why we are not fitting into what we need to be fitting into. And we feel very judged and attacked by being called a procrastinator. And honestly, I think for a lot of these things on this list that we talked about that are signs you may be procrastinating, that has to do with your temperament and take that first step. But it actually goes, in my opinion, beyond that. 
procrastination is a strategy for some of us. It's a way that we have dealt with trauma in the past. There's maybe some type of a limiting belief or something that happened with us in our childhood or even more recently. And it can be where it doesn't even feel like that should be the reason why. Like you can look at it logically and go, I don't get it. But until you suss it out and take a really deep look into why you've built up that strategy, why are you putting off that task? Stop and ask yourself those questions. Why am I putting this off? Is there something that is scary about it? Do I have a limiting belief around it? Do I feel like I'm going to be judged if I put it out there into the world? Is it something that maybe I was judged for in the past or that there was some type of a trauma response around it? I personally think that's why I don't like to clean my house. (laughs) (laughs) So I procrastinate cleaning like crazy. And honestly, I think it's a trauma response. Okay. And I know that sounds really weird, but there were some weird things around cleaning in my family home. And for me, it truly may be a trauma response. For you, there maybe some trauma back there. And it doesn't have to be some what you feel is like some monumentally life-changing thing. It could be something really simple that when you delve down and take a look at it, that's what us gestaltists are very good at helping you do. When you dive down and take a look at it, you can figure out why is this a problem? I work with a lot of people who struggle with procrastinating their marketing. So that's always been my specialty in business and working with those folks. And when I stopped just saying you need to do this and started asking the questions about like, why are you struggling with this? It's a lot more progress when you try to find out the reason back behind those things. The final thing I want to mention here with procrastination is sometimes procrastination is really attached to overwhelm. In other words, you just simply have way too much to do. And when you look at it, it feels so overwhelming that you have developed a strategy and maybe your strategy in overwhelm is to do little tiny things that make you feel good because you're able to finish them and lessen the overwhelm. So overwhelm is another thing that you need to dive into and figure out, okay, if I'm living in overwhelm all of the time, there's something here that needs to be further looked at to take that symptom and say, we're going to suss out what is the root cause of that. And then we need to eliminate the root cause because treating the symptom doesn't cure the problem. It just simply band-aids over the top of it. Does that make sense, Kara? Imagine being overwhelmed with your day-to-day and then also having the pressure of knowing you have to grow your business, but knowing if you take these steps to grow your business, you're going to bring in more work, which is going to make your overwhelm even more. So I could see people doing a lot of procrastination around marketing, around just been working on a website overhaul. So getting the pieces and everything done. And some of that comes down to, am I ready to take on the work that could come from the new marketing? You know what I mean? I could see procrastination around that 100%, but you may not necessarily associate it with that. And then on top of that, it's being compounded with the guilt. I should be doing more. 
I need to get my business going. Well, I see other people pulling in clients. Why aren't I pulling on? Well, because I'm procrastinating and not getting these tasks done when really you're just trying to get by with your day-to-day. So that all completely makes sense to me. One of the best ways for you to get out of overwhelm is something that you, Kara, are exceptionally good at. And that is our number two in this episode, which is find a system that works for you. Because when you create a system, you have a framework for which to carry yourself out of overwhelm. And if you create that system where it works with your temperament or type, and you understand yourself well enough to know what in that system is going to work for you and what isn't, then you can start to eliminate two of those big things that are at the root of why you are procrastinating. So I'm going to let you take this part away. I'm really good at developing systems. I'm not always so good at following them. I'd love to hear your advice on this. Sure. I've got several tips that have helped me that I'd love to share. The first one is to make a list of the things that you've got to get done day to day. And that simple act of starting your day and putting your list together or ending your day with a list for the next day just takes away some of the stress and worry and you kind of have an idea of what needs to get done. What happens though, and what I have experienced in the past is I'll make a list and it'll say something, I'm gonna put a monumental task on here, something like write my book. Well, obviously putting that on the daily to-do list is something that's gonna get pushed to every single, the next day, the next day, the next day. So what I have learned is that a little trick is that if I take the big task and break it down into little bite-sized chunks and put that on the list instead, it really makes it more manageable. And instead of pushing that big thing to the next day, to the next day, or to when I have time or when I'm in the mood or when I'm in a space where I can do that, I'm moving forward with the goal by knocking off the little tiny pieces one step at a time. It gets me closer to reaching the goal. It helps soothe my procrastination fears, and it helps with the guilt factor that comes into not moving forward. The next little thing that I do is I like to commit to an item on the list or commit to a series of items. So I've got my to-do list, but there are some things that absolutely have to get done. And I will tell myself, if I don't do anything else today, these are the things that are getting done. So I really make myself focus on reeling myself back in, not getting distracted, not losing focus, until I at least get these key things done that I said I was going to get done. And that is a battle. So I will be working on something and my cell phone will ping, or I realize my drink cup is empty, or I haven't had breakfast yet, or the dog comes over and is begging to go out for a walk. Like those are things that happen and I have to recommit to that over and over and over and over again. I'm not a singular focus person like my husband. He's somebody that can sit down to a task and the world falls away. I could be calling him, his secretary could stand in the doorway and be talking to him and he will we'll just flat out not hear it. He's so singularly focused. It's an amazing talent, but I can't do that. I'm easily distracted. Giving myself a little reward. So I'll say, okay, when I finish this task, 
then I'm going to go walk the dog and walk the neighborhood, or then I'm going to go refill my drink. So I make sure that I set some boundaries around that. The other thing that's essential for me is reducing the distractions. I have to turn my cell phone over and put it on silent. I have found myself, wow, I really committed and worked through a for a significant amount of time without distractions. And a lot of times when I think about what was different, I had realized I left my cell phone upstairs. It was totally in another room. Because the cell phone is so distracting to me. My family, the group texts that come in every day, it's like a constant battle to like not pick it up and just look at it. And then your mind shifts and you're not focused anymore. I recommend if you work from a desktop or a laptop, close out those social media windows on your computer so that they're not binging with updates and alerts constantly and that you're not tempted to just click over easily. You have to actually take the extra steps of going to those websites so that they're just not alerting you. And then turn off your TV as uh, someone who spends a lot of time at a desk, I oftentimes will have junk TV on in the background or I'll have the news going, but sometimes those are the same, going in the background. And (laughs) just because I like the noise, but sometimes you really have to just kind of shut all of those distractions off so that the colors and the sounds aren't pulling your eye away from your desk. There are some amazing apps out there for keeping you on task. So you can set timers, you can set uninterrupted time, like dedicated time to really work on your tasks and projects. Just simply go into your app store and Google time management, task completion apps. There are so many that popped up. I was just shocked at actually how many there are. And then the last piece of this pulls back, for me anyway, pulls back to what Kim was talking about, the underlying reasons for procrastination. And for me, sometimes that is just a sense of overwhelm. There's too many things that have to get done and I need help. And outsource. There's nothing wrong with outsourcing someone to help you do some of the things so that you can work on your list. Hire a virtual assistant. Have someone else design your website for you. There are so many things that you can pay other people to do for you that they can do it quickly. They can do it more efficiently. You don't have to do all the research to learn about WordPress in order to build your website. Hire someone that knows WordPress already and can build your website so that you're not spending all that time that you could be working on your business in other ways. So that's my list, Kim. Do you have anything you want to add to that or any comments? Because you know me as a taskmaster over here. I do. And I love your list and I love your sense of organization. And I know that it works for you. And I know that for a lot of you out there listening to this, you're going to go, oh, those things sound great. I'm going to try every single one of them. Then you're going to kick yourself because you are going to fail at them because you don't live in that type of a temperament where having the very structured stuff mm-hmm. or you're, you just aren't that structured, which is me. I'm just not that structured. So one of the things that I've been working on recently, even with some clients that have come to to me wanting to build out businesses. And building out a business does require some organizational skills. It requires you to get tasks done and it requires you to put some focus into things. You can't be chasing butterflies as my mother always accused me of. (laughs) Kim, you chase too many butterflies. You can't always be chasing butterflies. You have to be able to sit down and get tasks accomplished. And one of the things that I found works for me in being a person who rebels against structure. So one of my top values is freedom. And if I get pushed against, against freedom, and one of my move away values is restriction, if it feels restrictive, I will not do it. 
So I've started doing what I call time blocking. Mm -hmm. So I set aside a list of things I need to get done in a day. And the first thing I need to accomplish on the list is to get myself up and get myself mentally prepared for work. And that is perfectly fine. There's no set end or beginning to that, except for when I have to show up for the meeting. So I have to be mentally prepared. Then the next block that I work in, and I guess I shouldn't say time, I don't want to associate this with time. But the next block I work in is production, right? It's a productive period of time. And in part of my getting prepared for that, I come up with the three things I need to get accomplished for that day. And um, my first focus is to get that done. So I get one or more of those things checked off of that list. I pick three that if I get those three things done by the end of the day, say this was a good day. I got a lot done today. And honestly, people, when you're looking at this, sometimes I will tell you that one of my three things is just getting up and getting dressed. And I've dealt with a lot of depression in my life. And that's another thing that you can find. Remember, I mentioned the trauma piece being as the why behind why you procrastinate. Depression is another thing that shows up in your life that feels like you're doing something wrong, but it's not wrong. You're not defective because you are working through a depression. And in those moments, some of the three things on your list might be get up and get dressed and make yourself a good breakfast. That may be your first productive block. And then take a rest block, then add another productive block, then add another rest block or a replenishing block or rejuvenating block, whatever you want to call it. But work your way through the things that you need to get done on your list. And then I have bonus tasks. If I get the first the top three done, then I can go on to the rest of the to-dos on the list. But that keeps me focused on getting the really important stuff done and then going back and coming up and picking up the rest of it. And I do believe, I personally subscribe to the eat the frog system, where you do the task that you least like first and get it out of the way. So eating that frog, it's a book that you can read. So I think it's eat that frog. <laughs> or something along those lines. Google eat that frog. I'm pretty sure the book will come up for you. But it's another way of looking at get the things that you don't want to do out of the way first, and then concentrate on the things that you do love to do, because those will come easier for you. So those are a couple of random system hacks that I have come up with to help with my personal temperament, which is an NFP, which is a, I have to have the big picture. I can't do things in a super structured way because I'm going to rebel against it every single time and want to move away from it. Well, there you have it. I think there's a little something out there for everyone. And I just feel like this is something that probably most people to some extent deal with. I can probably count maybe two people that I personally know that I wouldn't consider procrastinators of any kinds. Like they really knock things out. They're super organized. They can focus. One is my husband. <laughs> the other is a photographer friend of mine. But that's probably it. I mean, most of us, I think, struggle with this yeah. in some regards. And sometimes it's just because the dang tasks at hand are boring and we'd rather do exciting stuff on our to-do list. I mean, that's what it comes down to sometimes. So whatever the reasoning is for you, we hope that some of these tips that we've given you will help. 
Yeah. And life happens, which is down to our number three here, which is embrace your procrastination as part of the creative process and or divine timing. This, I think, was the biggest freedom for me as a lifelong labeled procrastinator is that I finally embraced the procrastination as part of my creative process and also divine timing. I found when the times when I was accused of being the worst procrastinator, and especially those times when I went against what my intuition, what the moment said, put this off, don't do this right now. And I was like, no, I have to do it right now. Society says this must be done at this minute, and I need to do it. And I did it. I got the task done. I completed it. But it wasn't to the level that it needed to be, or that it could have been if I would have just allowed the procrastination a little bit. Now, I cannot tell you that there's a free check out there for you to just create your own divine timing and live by it. That's not what I'm saying here. But what I am saying is that there are times that procrastination is not a bad thing. There are times that that procrastination is necessary for you to get to all of the places that you need to be in a project to get the best result out of that project. And or if you believe in divine timing, sometimes procrastination is your intuition telling you to just wait a minute, to stop, to breathe, to look around you, to allow those distractions in because maybe one of those distractions is very important or maybe just the process of waiting a couple of minutes opens up a better opportunity for you. Procrastination is a process. And I think when you stop and go back to that very first thing I said and ask yourself why and dig down into it, and if you can't find a really solid reason why you're procrastinating something, then come to this one and say, divine timing or creative process may really be at play here. And that may be the why as to why you're not getting things done quite on the level that you want to get them done at or on the time scale that other people are expecting. And as a creative, as somebody who has to use my creativity on a daily basis for other people, there are times now when I am super honest. I used to make horrible excuses about not getting things done, but now sometimes I have to just say, you know what? My muse is being a bee right now, and I just can't get in touch with this at this moment, and I need to just allow that time for me to process it. If you could be patient for another day or two, I'd really appreciate that because I need that time in order to give you the best result I can give you. So if you are working in a service-oriented businesses like I do, then you can say that to people. You can let them know and be upfront and honest. And yes, there are some people that are going to go, well, that just doesn't work for me. And I found those people in my business, they're not a good fit for me. And so it's best that they go find another designer. And this is mostly in my design career. Consulting is a little different, but the design part, I always felt better if they moved on to another designer that fit them. In the beginning of my career, I felt all kinds of guilt because I let a customer go. As I've gotten older, I'm thinking bless and release. (laughs) You belong with someone else and that opens the door for me to have a better customer 
fit for me. That's embracing it. And Kara, you know what? This is so important to me. I wrote a poem. Oh, gosh. That's right. I forgot you had the poem. I totally forgot about the poem. Okay, here you guys go. This is your this is your daily moment of sin to end this episode. Enjoy. Okay, so the poem is called Be a Better Procrastinator. Make it a practice to wander, amble, saunter, dawdle, meander, roam, and drift. At every opportunity, take time to digress, revel in getting sidetracked, stray from the appointed, deviate from the common, mosey away from structure. Allow yourself to veer into passion, rove toward jubilation, prowl after pleasure, swerve around happiness, and stroll with delight. And don't you ever feel guilty in your bliss, glee, euphoria, felicity, elation, rapture, or joy of procrastinating. Well, that's awesome. I hope that people got whatever they needed from this episode. Whether it was tips to help them with their procrastination, or if it was a feel-good moment to feel better about their procrastination. (laughs) Whatever that is, we hope that you got what you needed out of it. (laughs) And at a minimum, you had your moment of zen with Kim's poem. So, Kim, I forget, do you have your poetry online? Because I always love your poetry. I do. Tell people where they can find your poetry online. As a side note. Well, let me make sure the website's still up. It was at KimberlyBeer.com. I had all my creative stuff there at one point. Yep, it's still there. You can go read. I haven't posted there for a while, but my poetry, some of my short stories, some of my non-horse and horse photography are there. Be warned, they're skulls with flowers. I get a little weird. If you're easily offended, you know, may want to stay away. (laughs) Yes. One of the things I love about Kim is how creative she is. And so... Yeah, this poem was pretty perfect for today's episode. So we hope you guys have enjoyed (laughs) that you've laughed with us, that you've gotten some little piece tidbit out of this episode. And at a minimum, maybe you procrastinated a task and listened to us instead. So we love you guys. Thank you for hanging with us. We're 80 plus episodes in. And if this is your first time joining us, thank you. We appreciate it. If this is your 80th time joining us, it means the world to us. So thank you guys so much. And just like always, we'll be back next Tuesday. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, Keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.